ball floats over to Spain. Welcome to the Fox Rugby Podcast, a very special week with the uh, British and Irish Lions and the All Blacks about to do battle over in New Zealand, so we've uh, decided to do something a bit different this week. Um, I'm Sam Worthington, by the way, with Sean Maloney and Stephen Halls up in Brisbane. I've got Christy Doran from foxsports.com.au alongside me. Uh, g'day, Christy. Very good afternoon to you, were they? And we've brought in Hamish Bidwell from across the Tasman, Fairfax, New Zealand, Rugby rider, how are you, Hamish? A little cold in Wellington, you, you, you tell me. Absolutely. Yeah, no, we're going to have about eight days in a row of rain and, uh, and single-digit temperatures. So, um, yeah, welcome to winter. What yeah. about you Kiwis just hijacking the podcast, by the way? Two of you here today. Yeah, we, uh, we reviewed the tape on, uh, on Wallaby Scotland and we, we, we thought rather than dissect that, uh, that carcass we would um, have a look at some real rugby across the ditch just for once. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. We'll, we'll touch on Wallabies Italy at the, at the end of the pod. But, um, yeah, straight into it. We've obviously got the team news uh, this morning, very, very early morning announcements. And uh, there were some genuine surprises, weren't there, Hamish? We'll start with uh, the All Blacks. Uh, what, what was the, the thing that knocked you off your uh, lounge chair for or got you out of bed in the morning? Um, Rico, you only was interesting. Um, I would have probably gone with Wasaki Naholo myself on the left wing. Um, but, yeah, they like Ioane. He certainly did a bit uh, in the Blues game against the Lions midweek team. He was one of the many anonymous backs in the um, New Zealand Murray game against the Lions on Saturday. But he's, yeah, he'd be, a, he'd be interesting because the, the, the selectors have been hugely patient with Julian Savia. His super rugby form for a year or two has, has been non-existent, but he's, Continued to be a regular in the All Blacks and a, and a good contributor at that level, but um, they stood him down. Um, it remains to see how much rugby you'll play in the series, but yeah, I thought that was the um, the, 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 um, the selection of interest. Yeah, it's uh, it's a little bit like uh, the Queensland Origins selection over the years, isn't it? With the All Blacks, if you form well for the the All Blacks, even if your Super Rugby forms a bit dusty, they'll they'll still pick you. So yeah, I think everyone assumed that that, that would apply to to Julian, didn't they? And it has to a degree too. Well, I mean, I think if it's a head-to-head contest between TJ Perinara and Aaron Smith, I think TJ's had a better season. I think this combative approach probably quite handy against the Lions, but they've been loyal in that case. But, um, yeah, they've made other plans on the left wing. Yeah, and Rico Ioane, pretty good under the, the high ball as well. Um, may have been a, a factor, potentially. Definitely. It's never been a strength of Julian's. Um, Nahola, yeah, I, just, I would have picked Nahola. I just think he offers... Just such great X factor. I think he's really busy. He doesn't sit out on the wing and wait for the game to come to him. He has got an error in his game, but he's, he's just got so much endeavour about him, so much intent, and I, I think he's such a valuable player. And he can play both wings equally uh, well. And he certainly was, again, it was the Lions midweek team, but for the Highlanders, he was feared outstanding. So, yeah, they must have a huge amount of faith in the all round package that you want to yeah, Naholo would have given you um, something for the crowd to sing as well, wouldn't they, to, to match that uh, wonderful Lions chant. Uh, Christy, you're, you're a fan of that Waisaki Naholo chant down there in, in Dunedin? Yeah, we, certainly. Who, who isn't? He's a, he's, a, he's a fine player. He's just such a big body that I agree that he would have been, uh, he would have offered a, a bit of an X factor for, for the All Blacks. But um, look, Ioani, everything that he does, he makes every post a, a winner. He's just class. Um, we saw it at the Sevens a year and a half ago when he burst onto the scene and the Australian audience saw him for the first time where he scored the try down the left-hand touchline to break 
the, the Sevens Hearts. They haven't won in a, an eternity. And here's bloke, he's, he's 19, just running like the wind. Um, so a, a fine player. For, for, for me, look, I think the midfield's an, an interesting one when you've got Ryan Crotty that's been selected there. I think a lot of people would have seen how, uh, and obviously taken uh, knowledge of the fact that Anton Leonard Brown's not done anything wrong with, in the All Blacks jersey since since making his debut last year in Sydney uh, against the Wallabies. And uh, this year he's probably been a, been a little bit quiet, um, but he's gone about his business pretty well. Um, and look, Ryan Crotty, we know what he offers. He, a lot of communication. He's defensively sound. He runs those straight lines, but he's a great organizer. And if you look at the Crusaders, I know that he's missed a few weeks, but you look at the Crusaders and how dominant they've been in Super Rugby this year, a lot of it comes down to, to Crotty. Um, with a young kind of backline around him, organising that. So, for him and Sonny Bill Williams, it's going to be it's going to be a great contest. Um, SBW against Ben Teo. Teo, well, what a uh, intriguing contest that's going to be. Just two former rugby league uh, back rowers coming up uh, and, and, and squaring off in the midfield for this first test. Yeah, Hamish. Uh, well, what do you think of um, with, of Crotty? Were they? I'm, I'm more of a Leonard Brown person myself. I've not seen Crotty play particularly well at centre, but I don't seem to be in authority there. I know that they like to have a bigger body at second side. But what did you think of Crotty? Yeah, well, I'll certainly give myself the authority tag when it comes to uh, test midfields. Uh, look, they're obviously uh, blessed with options there, but I just thought that uh, it was a tight call as it was, and I just thought that uh, Crotty's rib injury would have would have meant, given how well Leonard Brown played against Samoa, like he was absolutely outstanding and against an admittedly very outmatched team. I just thought they would have um, rolled that combination out again. But yeah, I think it clearly must be the the experience and, and the communication. I think uh, seems to be the big one. Apparently, um, you know, it doesn't necessarily always come across on TV. But uh, a lot of people do mention that he's a, a huge talker out there, and uh, yeah, no doubt that's something they'll need in the in the cauldron. So yeah, Leonard Brown's not uh, not your sort of typical bench impact player necessarily, is he? So it'll be interesting to see how they how they use those options. I expect Bowden Barrett might uh, go back to fullback as he normally does, and and Cruden or Sopawanga um, come come into ten. Is that how you'd sort of see them using their their bench, Hamish? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, just talking to Harrison's coach Chris Boyd uh, just before, and he was saying that he was slightly surprised that they hadn't gone with an out and out uh, back reserve on uh, outside back reserve on the bench, um, and he, he thought Barrett would, would end up playing there. Um, yeah, Crotty, it's he's one of the purest. Like you know, the people who sort of appoint themselves as the arbiters of what's real and what's not, and uh, the sort of the great judges and the rest of us are just sort of bozos. He's the one that appeals to them. You know, people talk about his communication, his lines, and all the sort of Defensive accuracy, great over the ball, and all this kind of stuff that most of us who are watching just don't see and don't care about. But apparently they're very important, and, and Crotty appeals to those people. You're not going to put them in the Reuben Thorne bracket, are you? Are we going that far? <sighs> no, but it's not a bad, not a bad analogy. Yeah, uh, yeah, Crotty has been very, very good uh, this season, I thought, though. Like he, um, but he, he, he's... Five, eight, with Goodhue outside him, he's providing... Yep. A bigger body and, and a bit of punch, you know. What I mean, I just think yeah. Crotty. I yeah. think Crotty's going to set the wings away in any great fashion, and he's not. He's not a carrier, so he's he's going to have to organise and do the things that apparently he does do extremely well to add value. He's possibly a little bit underrated in, in his ability to, to pop an offload and, and, and break a tackle. He can do that, but yeah, look, I agree. I would have gone for the the SBW Leonard Brown uh, combo. Christy, you, you've got something to add in there, mate. Well, look, I think it's interesting that we're just talking about the backs because so often you, you look at the All Blacks and how dominant their forward pack is. But I think on on this particular test, we've we've got a, a line up with the Lions where their forward pack 
matches or if not betters the All Blacks, you know, forward pack, which is just a scary thought. Uh, I know that there's no, like, obvious selection bolters and it's all pretty apparent, but the, the big blow, the, the, the big body blow is not having Dane Coles there at, at hooker. I'm just interested to see how much of an impact that makes um, the, the loss of him for this test. Yeah, Hamish, you've uh, been monitoring Dane and his cloudy head throughout the season. He, he's had a horror horror run with a, a variety of ailments, hasn't he? Yeah, and he's still some weeks off playing, as far as I gather. Um, Dane, Dane's a, Christy's quite right. Dane's a massive loss. His, um, his line-out throwing is superb, and I think we've seen on this trip already that pretty much every line-out, the, um, the, the lines have gone up against this crumbled to pieces. Um, Crusaders was particularly poor, given the, the personnel they have, and I mean, it just it totally eliminates your ability to play. I mean, certainly the lines have been flat on the fence and they look to suffocate and that sort of thing. They do it well, but it's just by not having a, a stable scrum or a, or a supply of decent ball from the lineouts, the New Zealand super teams that have played them have really struggled to launch anything. And um, Christy makes a good point. I think, you know, the lines are very good in that, that facet of the game in terms of the pack. And the All Blacks are going to have to be really good. Cole's a massive loss. Taylor. He, he battled. There's a lot of, you know, the Lions are going through that thing where they're, they're roaring, excuse the pun, at, um, on the opposition's throw and disrupting people that way, which I think is a little bit schoolboyish, but um, it seems to be effective. And Taylor, he went to bits a bit. And, yeah, Coles, which is, a, I know this sounds a bit dark, but Coles can actually hook the ball in scrums, which is um, not something that most hookers do. Most packs look to drive over the ball. They won't actually strike for it at all, but Coles can strike, which if your scrum's under pressure is a hell of a... Um, an asset, so um, yeah, he's going to be a big loss. The rest of the pack pick themselves. Reed will be obviously underdone, but hopefully okay. Um, there aren't too many guys who could feel that they were unlucky to miss out on that. I I cover the Hurricanes, so I always have a soft spot for Adi Savia rather than Sam Kane, but I was certainly aware that, that Kane's held in massively high regard by the, the hierarchy. Yeah, how, how do you see that playing out? Would Adi just come in most likely for Kane early in the second half, or could they potentially go with the a two-open-side uh, approach? I think that's more likely, just given that um, Kano's a bit down on minutes as well. Um, the Samoa game was his first game for a while off the top of my head. So, um, yeah, that, that, that could work. It all depends on, on what sort of ascendancy they've gained and if they can gain any, because, um, as I say, the, the Lions have been winning the forward exchanges on this trip, and uh, the All Blacks can sort of assert their way of playing and, and play at pace and let skills dictate how things go, then, then you yeah, know, you can bring Artie on with 20 to go and a, and a handy sort of 10 or 15 point lead and make it 20 to 30. I think that's, that's definitely achievable for the All Blacks as the series goes on. I just don't know if it's achievable on Saturday. I think that'll be the tightest of the matches. Um, and yeah, the conditions at Eden Park are predicted to be fairly wet, which isn't exactly a news flash, and the All Blacks play there a lot and don't lose there. So they won't be worried by a few raindrops, but I think it probably could be quite a do-a game, and you know, maybe that Artie doesn't come on until late doors and, and doesn't have a big impact. Yeah, it certainly is a scary thought to be able to bring on someone like Artie just to bring the, the pace up and a notch or two. He's just got just so much enthusiasm and explosiveness about him that he's uh, uh, a scary thought, and um, to be able to bring him on, wow. I, like you, you just look at you know who the Lions will bring on, and Sam Warburton. And as much as he's a good player, you, you think of him being an 80-minute player, not necessarily someone to give you 30 minutes of wow. Yeah. Um, before we get over to the Lions, I'm, I'm just 
and, and you know, results and thinking of which way the, the game's going to go. Curious, Hamish, I'm going to pick you up here, mate, because earlier in the year, well, it would have been about a month ago, you wrote uh, that, uh, you know, the Hurricanes said, you know, two zip. They'd failed in their big, big matches when the pressure cooker has been on. They haven't delivered. And you look at some of the players in that side and who's pulling the strings, and we haven't actually touched upon him, which is uh, quite extraordinary given how much, how important he is to the All Blacks. But Bowden Barrett's been there uh, on both occasions. You're going to have TJ come off the bench. So um, can they, if they're, if they're not delivering in, in Super Rugby against the best of the New Zealand outfits, how are they going to step up against the Lions and, and do it for the All Blacks? It comes down to the forwards. I mean, the Hurricanes, I think they'd probably be the first of them. Blessed with superstars in the tight five. They've got some guys that do a job, um, and they're proud of those guys, and they're valuable and want to carry on. But they're not they're not in the All Blacks, and they're not in danger of being in the All Blacks. So um, when the Hurricanes don't fire up front as they struggle to do against the Chiefs and, and the Crusaders this season, then, then Bowden Barrett doesn't have much to play off. And he's been poor in those games. We actually had words about that. I wrote after the Crusaders game that I thought he was dreadful when he felt that I hung him out to dry and we had a, a private chat about that one and um, we agreed that it was sad to um, hang people out to dry individually, that you could hang a team out but not an individual player. So we had a hug after that and we were proud to move on and, and Bowden's happy and good luck to him. I think behind the all that should be fine. But that's the, that's the curiosity. Everyone wants to see. That's why we're uncertain about this match. We want to see whether the, the game against the Super Rugby franchises can be transfer, transferred into the test arena and whether the Lions can can do the job on the All Blacks that they've done on the Super Team. So if they can, then yeah, Barrett becomes completely ineffective. I mean, did anyone notice that Damien McKenzie was playing on Saturday for the, for the American? He was yeah. the complete passenger, as all the backs were. You know, and you just can't do anything if you're getting beaten up. All right, well, yeah, glad to hear you had a hug and, um, and things are on the up and up there. Before we uh, dissect the Lions team, just well, what's the general mood over there like, Hamish? Obviously, I'm a New Zealander. I know how uh, obsessed uh, everyone is with it. But um, can, can you sort of compare it to um, the, the hype of, of the previous Lions tour or World Cups? Where, where does it, where's it sort of bubbling away at, at the moment? We're rights holders of the America's Cup, so we've suddenly become very excited about it over here. There's, okay. there's, there's stories yeah. about the, the cycling, the, the pedals and all sorts. I haven't watched any of it or even written about it, but it's, it's certainly important to people here, and that's gaining some momentum. And also, there's a bit of, um, a little bit of uh, imminent general election fever tinge with a, a, uh, an MP from the deep south who's, who's having to resign. So that's taken some of the shine off the rugby. Um, otherwise, yeah, as you can imagine, there's quite a lot of interest. It's, it's the usual thing where it's the sort of um, the general arrogance of these palms are a disgrace, the worst team to ever tour in New Zealand, and we'll beat them 3-0. Um, Tinge with a little bit of... And that's only your stories. Uh, not too bad, you know. We're not sure what's going to happen. So I'm looking forward to, to Saturday in the sense that I don't think anyone's quite sure what will happen. And that's good because too often there is certainty in sport and certainty brings sort of boredom, doesn't it? You know a team's going to win by a bucket and it's just a question of you know, whether it's 30 points or 40 points. Yeah, it seems like Gatland and his enormous support staff of uh, whoever's done it have brought the team together quite well because there was danger of it going off the rails a bit. There wasn't there a uh, you know, pretty ordinary uh, performance straight off the plane and then they lost to the, the Blues and the Highlanders as well and everyone was starting to, to roll their eyes and laugh at them a bit. But um, t- to not concede a single try against uh, a near full-strength Crusaders team and the New Zealand Māori, as you, t- you touched upon... Um, that, that defence uh, is immense, isn't it? The, the line speed that uh, Andy Farrell's 
organising. They all they all seem very very committed uh, across the squad. Like uh, yeah, that, uh, I think people there is now a bit of an edge to it, which is fantastic. Um, it's going to be the classic contrast of styles. And and while most people are still picking the All Blacks, uh, there is you know some some gen, genuine uncertainty as to how it'll play out. Yeah, uh, I think the styles is important. As you well know, mate, um, it's not a question of winning here. It's a question of how you win and the style you win in. And uh, no one admires the Lions particularly for the style of footy that they're playing. I think we concede that it's effective. And I know that there's an argument that the only thing that matters is the score. But, you know, rightly or wrongly, we do we do hold the style in great regard here and no one has any admiration for what they're doing. But they concede it's effective. So it'll be interesting. It's a total contrast, as you say, and... It's almost a referendum on um, how best to play rugby, and we'll see which is best, won't we, in um, a few weeks' time when the series is done. Indeed, we'll have a look at the the Lions team, and um, yeah, it's just it's got to be one of the hardest tasks, um, I, I guess, in sport, having to bring together four nations. Um, obviously, blessed with a lot of depth there, but to, to actually come up with the strongest fifteen, Christy, you you follow the uh, the Northern Hemisphere stuff uh, probably a bit closer than me. What, what did you make of the the lineup that he settled on? Well, it's a pretty balanced team. Um, like very clearly and early on, we, we we got the picture of this was the side because of all the Saturday matches, and they're obviously preparing for the the last what Saturday of June. Um, so early on, we, we we thought that look, Jamie George was 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 going to be you know the hooker, and um, and I I really like that the front row. I think it's just such a well balanced. They're all big ball carriers, and to get past the All Blacks, you've got to beat them up front. And and when you got like someone like a Targ Furlong, who's just so young, um, and and he just trucks the ball up, he barges over them, bounces out of the tackle, and he's a good scrummager. And and you know you got the Mako Vunapola out on the other side of the scrum. It's it's I know that you're talking a little bit about you know, um, you know the style of play. Um, and the All Blacks want to play ball in hand, score tries, this and that. I think it's great that the Lions are just doing what they like. We all thought they were, and I think it would be fantastic for for world rugby if the Lions were to win. And and uh, we've seen the All Blacks just dominate the world basically since you know, with the exception of uh, going down in the in the quarters in 2007. Since then, um, so a slight you know change of. You know, you're getting off topic a little bit, but the, the forward pack is just going to be so crucial for the Lions, and I think that's where they almost pip the uh, the All Blacks because they're just so balanced. They've got you know very skilled line op- operators, a good scrum, and their back row is just fantastic. You know, the, the ball carrier of Fallatow, the the on the ball skills of of Sean O'Brien, and then the professionalism of Peter Armani. He's a a great story in himself who. You know, a couple of months ago, we wouldn't have thought necessarily was even going to make the tour, let alone captain the side. So it's just remarkable that the Munster man um, has pipped Sam Warburton um, and probably CJ Stander too to, to come in at six. But that's what he that, that's what he offers, like professionalism. Um, and and I think uh, that that forward pack is is clearly how the Lions w- will probably win if if they dominate the set piece and up tight and close then they're going to make life trouble for the likes of Bowden Barrett and slow the ball down for Aaron Smith, who we all know that if he gets some quick ball, is just lethal with it. And clearly you've got Connor Murray outside him, the pro and on Farrell. They're going to probably, what, kick high from the box kick or go for the corner and slow things down as much as possible because 
there's no team that pounces on on loose ball or, or poor kicks better than the the, the All Blacks, and and uh, I, I just think that they're going to be you know it's going to be in the trenches, it's going to be tight. Yeah, I think hats off to uh, Gatlin for being able to adjust on on the fly with his selections. Like uh, to obviously Sam Warburton to to not uh, start the captain was a big call, but I definitely think it's the right call. Like Sean O'Brien when he, when he's fit, he's often pretty banged up, but when he's fit, he's an outstanding um, flanker, uh, especially in creating turnover balls. So uh, I think that's uh, a great selection, and he, he's gone for a little bit of X factor in, in the back three. It's quite a small back three, but um, he's gone for some guys that might be able to create something out of nothing. I don't. I don't think they're going to score many tries, but but they're going to need to score at least uh, you know two or three to, to actually beat the All Blacks. So, what, what stood out for you, uh, Hamish, in, in that selection? Yeah, you mentioned the back three. That's interesting. Um, I assume they'll they'll chase more kicks and, and sort of run with ball in hand. Um, yeah, oh, Alan Wynne Jones is interesting. I probably would have picked a Toje. Yeah. Um, to start, just basically because. I just think he's... I think that's right, isn't it? Ellen Wynne Jones is starting. Yep, yep. Is on the bench. Yeah. Um, I just think Otojo's been amazing. And Ellen Wynne Jones, great engine, good player, you know, and a loyal sort of servant to Gatlin. But, yeah, Furlong's been OK. I think the refereeing of the scrum and the Crusaders don't flatter him a lot. I don't know that the scrum and Jim's been that good, but he's OK. I quite like Sinclair, actually. But... Um, well, sort of quibbling a bit. I think Ben Pio has been the, the most exciting player on their trip. He's just carried the yeah. strongest path and hasn't been superb. But I think we'll just come down as we sort of have hinted at to tempo. If the All Blacks can play at their tempo, then they'll be able to execute skills that the Lions can't. And that's where the teams fall over against New Zealand. That's why we, what Ireland did last year was just so amazing. They, they didn't just play rugby for 10 minutes, they kept it up for 80. And they, the skill they showed in the enterprise was just was thrilling. And I. I still think that's the way to beat New Zealand. Oh, Eddie Jones would say that that's cobblers. Why, we, why should we try and replicate what they do? We've got to do what we do well, and that's cool. But I think I still think you've got to play to beat the All Blacks. You mentioned scoring two or three tries. The, the Lions, for me, you know, 12 three against Crusaders, that's the benchmark. They want to get it. They're good front runners. They want to get ahead, strangle the life out of the game, mm-hmm. and kick their goals. Real slow game. They've had 50, I think it's 52 lineouts on tour and driven 38. They just want to. They don't want to use the ball. They just want to keep it close, slow the game down. They scrum for penalties, a way that the Brumbies and Reds have in your neck of the woods at different times. Um, yeah, 12-3 is the, definitely, it's not like 40 like the Ireland scored last year. So, in terms of their team, yeah, it's all right. As you say, pacey in the back three, but those guys will be chasing kicks rather than carrying, so as I can tell. It's almost just as interesting who who is left off the bench on the bench because whether as you said like you know big decision leaving you know Warburton on the bench but he's not the only one like you look at Lee Halfpenny I think most people would have thought that Halfpenny probably starts after Stuart Hogg goes down not that mm. Hogg had a great uh, tour beforehand but like and, and you said it Hamish as well Kyle Sinclair to bring off the bench that, that's one thing that sides have struggled with, particularly the Wallabies, is you know that you know, the minutes between 50 and 70 being able to match uh, the, the All Blacks, and and when you've got Sinclair and you've got Atosia, they're, they're two blokes that are just going to add so much energy and oomph. And then you've got Reese Webb, who it will be interesting to see whether or not he actually gets on the field because Conor Murray, I think, is probably one of the best, or he's certainly mm-hmm. one of the best halfbacks in the world, if not the best. Um, yeah. And and. He offers so much explosion too. Like he can, you know, if there's a tiny hole, he'll go for it. He's such a great runner of the ball. So there's a lot of X factor to bring on, off the bench for, for, for Gatlin. 
Yeah. I'm surprised in that regard they didn't pick Stander over Warburton because yep. I just think Stander's been amazing on this tour and Indeed. his ability to come on and immediately generate go forward mm. is something that I don't think Warburton can match. And as you say, it's so valuable in those um, in those second half minutes. Yeah, look, uh, I guess they'll use their, the, their squad throughout the, the three tests, especially if they, uh, they drop the first one. But yeah, I agree, Stander... Very, very unlucky. Um, just in terms of defeating this, it's going to be the, the main storyline, I, I think. I, I hope it's not going to be the referees, but I fear no doubt there'll be chat about the referees. But the, the big uh, storyline is this Lions line speed. Um, it's, I mean, we've seen it over the years from South Africa at times and um, in various countries, but it looks like the Lions are kind of taking it to another level. I know it's something the Hurricanes uh, use very effectively in, in Super Rugby. The Chiefs have, have uh, done it on and off uh, over the years, but uh, and obviously that's going to rest a lot with Bowden Barrett, isn't it, to, to defeat that line speed. I'm sure he'll use the cross-field kick, um, but I mean, how, how will the All Blacks, do you think, be approaching that to defeat that ferocious uh, line speed, Hamish? Um, well, I imagine they'll go direct, so I wouldn't be surprised if Barrett uh, runs himself a lot. I wouldn't be surprised... Stephen Donald went for the chip the other day. I think the grabber's probably more effective. Um, the Hurricanes... Certainly when they get their chance of working on the principle that there is space elsewhere. So it's a question, as you, uh, you mentioned, the cross-kick of, of where you look to, to play that, you know, where that space is and how you look to sort of utilise it. Um, the Hurricanes have used the cross-kick. Um, I don't think with Barrett there, not, not being there on Tuesday, they'll battle. But in terms of the All Blacks, yeah, they'll go direct. Um, they've got to commit those guys in midfield. They can't just let them come up and and sort of shut things down. So far, the New Zealand teams have tried to go around them with no success. They sort of basically look like guys hurling bricks into a wheelbarrow. They've just, their ability to shift the ball has been non-existent. So they need to go straight and try and get them behind them there and then use the offload. Someone like Sonny Bill is going to be absolutely critical. I mean, his ability to attract defenders and then feed guys off his shoulders is just phenomenal. And that's, that's probably their best avenue for attack. Um, otherwise, you're looking for sort of bigger guys to carry. Retellick's another guy who can attract defenders and offload. He can also tip it on. That's one of the strengths that the All Blacks will look to utilise is the fact that their tight forwards shift the ball on or they catch and pass as well as many midfield backs from other nations. And that's not being condescending. They just they work really, really hard on that. It's a, it's a real fundamental of the game, as fundamental as the scrums and line-outs. And if the All Blacks can, can utilise that, then that's where they beat them. It's um, you know, by going direct and, and using the ball to beat the man. And Aaron Smith's uh, pass, I know his form's been a, a bit up and down, but that will just give that extra split second for, for Barrett to make those decisions and, and potentially take a, a, a gap um, at some stage in the in the match. Why not? That's a, a, another point of difference that the All Blacks do have. Yeah, it's best, though. I don't know yep. if he's been at his best. You know, I mean, I did, it's a slight digression, but he, he's sort of got he an enormous soul column for what happened to him last year. He wasn't the wrong party. His life wasn't ruined. He did something daft in the toilet, but... He sort of he went to pieces after that. He just he shrugged his shoulders and moved on. He was a bit humiliated, but he did something daft. You sort of you've got to expect that. But he, he didn't play well afterwards. And the All Blacks have said, "No, no, he's our guy." They've been hellishly loyal to him, and he he owes them a performance or two. Yeah, TJ Perinara, I think, will be uh, rightfully a little bit miffed to be there on the bench, but I'm sure he'll get significant game time. Well, should we uh, should we put our uh, gonads on the line and make some predictions, Christy? What what, what do you think is going to happen in this first test? Well, I've been flying the the Lions flag. 
for a few weeks now. I think whether you didn't predict that they would win another match on tour. Just I didn't. I didn't say that. Ago. I just raised the question of whether they whether they might not raised it. Right. Okay. Um, look, I think the Lions Lions can get the first one, and they have to. If they obviously, if they don't win the first twenty minutes, the, it will be an extraordinarily difficult next three weeks. But I think the the Lions by by about three points, probably uh, twenty one. You know, 15 or so. 21, 17, 18. Yeah, well, 21, 15 is not going to be three points, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Hamish, uh, your thoughts? Yeah, I'm looking at a sort of more of a more of a 32, 18 um, to the elbow. I think, as a lot of people remember last year when they played the lower leading park, you can be in the game, you can maybe even be ahead, you can maybe even think you're going to win, but all of a sudden, 15 to 20 points get scored in the last five minutes, you look at it and you go, far out. So I think that's what's going to happen. The Albots will kick away late doors and they'll win by, yeah, as I say, sort of 32, 18-ish, yeah. Yeah, I'm not too far off that. I think probably, yeah, 10 points or, or so. And, um, yeah, there's just guys like Ben Smith that uh, sniff out an opportunity. Like, it might take them 60, 70 minutes um, to to find that little opening because I think the, the Lions... Um, been blown away by the, the Andy Farrell. Um, whatever he's paid um, it may not be enough because he he really does get teams to defend well, doesn't he? But yeah, just just so many um, so many X Factor guys that can pop up and do something. Whether it's uh, whether it's Ben Smith or or, or Bowden Barrett late in the game. So yeah, I think uh, ten or so points. Christy, you you've got your finger up. Yeah, just just one like you know the All Blacks. They haven't been suffered all that much pressure. Um, you know, in tight contests much over the last few years. You know, they've been pushed for, as, as you guys have alluded to, for 40, 50, 60 minutes at times, but not for 80 minutes. Uh, look at how well the Super Rugby sides have done over the last year and a half, two years. It, uh, is the lack of, you know, competition, uh, does that hinder or, or, you know, make it more difficult for the All Blacks this time to go around? Well, they're under immense pressure every time they play, aren't they? And, like, every country brings their A game against them, so... Yeah, I'd refute that uh, to, to a certain degree. They don't get pushed for 80 minutes too often, you're right. But uh, I think that uh, you know that loss to Ireland, they certainly would have um, gone away and, and done their homework after that. And yeah, I think it's probably, <laughs> might not be a great thing for the Lions that they've actually um, played so well in these last few games. Because if there was any overconfidence in the All Blacks camp, I think that would have been eliminated. Like a lot of these All Blacks were in that Crusaders team that uh, were given a bit of a touch-up down south so I think they'll be stinging for that and, and, and yeah I think uh, I think the the pack will certainly see it as a you know a personal challenge to to at least hold their own against the Lions and, and then their backs to to get their edge but yeah anything else you'd like to add on on Christie's question there uh, Hamish? Yeah it's not only conceivable what the All Blacks lose I think when we shouldn't be arrogant enough to stand here as New Zealanders and just go oh the All Blacks got to win they're amazing you know that's just that's, that's not really quite what we're saying but no they just they have an insatiable appetite for success and they drive each other really hard and their franchises exceptionally hard you know they have talk about them maybe not getting pushed but they they do a lot of live training um, as All Blacks and, and as, as franchises and they beat each other up to a pulp sometimes in training and that's 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 how they maintain their standards aside from the fact that it's demanded here and that it's expected here they yeah they, they're really hard on themselves and I would expect them to to go to a level and be able to produce an intensity that the Lions can't. But as I say, the Lions, they can win because it's 50-50 contest. But, yeah, I think the All Blacks... Uh, I don't think what happens in Super is, is going to bother them too much. All right, well, um, very exciting times. 5.30, uh, 5pm 5 5 Saturday Australian time. It all kicks off. Lions 
All Blacks, uh, thanks very much, Hamish. We, we should uh, touch on, on the Wallabies in Italy and, and their result against Scotland. Uh, do, do you want to stay on the line or do you want to um, scurry off, Hamish? I'd love to hear you guys talk, and I also have a couple of questions I'd like to ask you about Australian rugby if I'm able to. Nice. I think that's absolutely fair yeah. enough. Maybe you should. Uh, do you want to do you want to fire away then with your, your burning questions? Well, what's happening with? Um, surely they're going to have to colour team or two. Or surely before <laughs> they decided they were going to colour team or two, they <laughs> like, had it all teed up before they just went. Oh, did they expect that the rebels in the in the force were going? Oh, thanks guys. We've been re- we're so relieved you've asked us to bail. Yes, we'd like to go. I mean, what, what's happening there? Is that ever going to happen? Can you or give us? Can you give us forty-eight to seventy-two hours, Hamish? Give us <laughs> give us a chance. <laughs> Just Hamish, it's really like I'm, I'm glad that you're taking such an interest in all the problems that we're you're facing over here, but that wasn't actually the question. We are talking about Australia and Italy and perhaps dissecting what happened with Scotland, so you've totally just veered away. Um, no, I think I, uh, look, I, I brought him into his questions there early on, but uh, yeah, look, very topical. Uh, the AU had, a, had a, an extraordinary general meeting this week, and, and what an extraordinary meeting it was. Uh, I went along and stood in the cold at the end of it, and they... Um, basically agreed that they'd made a, a great decision by by cutting a team and um, just just stick with us and we'll announce who it is in, in due course. But yeah, I mean, in hi- hindsight, as you say, that's the staggering thing that the ARU was naive enough to think that a team would just roll over. Like, uh, I mean, <laughs> sure, they're not uh, the biggest clubs in the world, the, the force and the rebels, but they've still got some you know significant and, and very passionate supporters. Um, so yeah, it's quite staggering that uh, that they just assumed that, that a team would roll over and die so yeah the the latest is that uh, more likely that the the force were the ones in the firing line that seems to change every couple of weeks but um, but but the force uh, are pretty lawyered lawyered up and um, don't don't fancy going anywhere in a hurry so I, I think uh, the longer this drags on there's actually a chance that we we still see the five Aussie teams in the comp next season and whether that's with a status quo 18 team comp or or the two South African teams go up to the Pro 12 and, and we end up with 16 I'm not too sure but I think that's uh, becoming an actual reality now Next question Hamish <laughs> Next question No because I mean I, I, my favourite era of, of New Zealand rugby was the late 90s early 2000s because the Wallabies were the most amazing foe and tests were on a knife edge every time and more often than not the Wallabies won it took forever to, to win the, the Leaders Lake Up New Zealand we want to see Australian teams including the Wallabies fire it's really it's sad to see it in the state that it's in. And you see the Scotland result and you just you just shake your head. You don't rejoice in the rule. You just think this is really sad because this is this is the Wallabies. This is, you know, they're a serious team. This, we want them to play, you know, play well. Yeah, and it's and it's very true. And look, you, you, and that's why uh, it's... It's hard to say that you know you think that a team should be cut because there are so many fans that you'll you'll lose by if you, if you do cut one of these sides. Um, but the re- I think the reality is that there's a clear indication, and you know, um, you just have to look at the evidence that since they've had four and then you know five teams, that the results have gone down uh, progressively with each year. So it's hard to argue uh, argue with that, but. Um, I think you've got to look at the long-term health of the game, whether or not you know you lose. If you if you lose all that talent um, and you lose the fan base, is is that worse um, than getting your results kind of you know better o- over a long period of time? It has to. There has to be a lot of thinking going into this. It's it's just ridiculously messy, and how this has played out is shocking. And then there obviously will be fallout. And you know, I think you'll probably see Pulver eventually go once. 
once that team is cut because as a, as a few people have pointed out this week, it would be pretty unfortunate for a new administration board to come in and then, you know, be left with blood on their hands by having to cut a team within, the, you know, the first couple of months of their, their new administration. Is the name... Uh, well, the Chico, he has a reputation as a, as a change agent, as a guy who comes in and shakes things up and gets immediate results. I mean, has, does he have a shelf life? Has he reached his with the Wallabies? What's happening there, do you guys think? Uh, yeah, there's obviously a bit of heat coming on now, but I, I think it's a, a case of um, who else is there out there that, that could do a better job. I don't think there's anyone, um, if, if you're going to pick an Australian, that uh, that's qualified to, to do a job um, better than Michael Checker. Christy, you wrote a, a piece um, defending him, and he has won silverware, hasn't he? And, and his players... Um, do seem to, to still be playing for him um, to, to some degree at least. Uh, so, yeah, I just don't think there's anyone obvious to, to take over. And he, he did get some runs on the board from um, from that run to the World Cup final. You can argue maybe it was a, a bit uh, lucky, some of some of those games. But, uh, look, I think maybe reassess at the the end of this season. But there's, there's no obvious uh, candidates unless you're going to go out and, and headhunt, a, I don't know, a, a Joe Schmidt or whoever, one of these overseas guys. I just don't see anyone better place. So, yeah, I think they are just struggling from a, a lack of cattle at the moment, a lack of confidence, a lack of depth, um, a, a bit of everything, really. So, I mean, they, they were third in the world until the weekend. You'd give them some benefit of the doubt, but they, they just can't lose to an understrength. Scotland at home can they they had much more talent uh, I think athletic talent anyway uh, than that Scottish team and yeah they just they just bottled it in the the last 10 minutes or so didn't they Christy yeah they did it was it was unfortunate because it was a bit of a missed opportunity you know when you when 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 you've had such a demoralizing super rugby season on the back of last year to then lose Scotland which you know as I, as I wrote I think most people would have expected it to be somewhat of a walk in the park this June series um, you know like as good as Scotland have, you know, they've turned around how they play rugby over the last couple of years. As you say, when you're losing two or three of your best players, four players, in fact, um, you, you should, and you've got pretty much a full strength side yourself playing on a dry track in Sydney, you, you've got to do better than what they delivered. I think for Michael Checker, he, a huge opportunity was missed in, in 2015. And I think it's his biggest flaw as a coach has been his selection couple of blunders over over the years since taking uh, the reins as as the Australian coach how on earth you pick Quade Cooper after Bernard Foley um, steers the ship in in Sydney in 2015 to win the rugby championship then an opportunity to make a real stake um, to stake your claims you you know build on the confidence your reputation um, and then to, to change things up so horribly Matt Giddo goes on the bench Quade Cooper comes in for, for Foley David Pocock goes onto uh, the, the bench there are a couple of, like people raised their eyebrows and were hurting after 10 years of not having uh, 12 13 years of not having the Bledisloe Cup over here it was an absolute howler of a decision I think and, and we saw that a few times last year as well with the second row combinations getting uh, swapped and changed every match um, we saw you know the the one dimensional nature of what the Wallabies were dishing up um, teams pretty much you know realized how to, to play this this Australian team they missed opportunities against England and the year compounded and went from you know bad to worse very quickly. I wrote that I think that the inside centre position was just huge. To lose Matt Tamua and, uh, and, you know, Guido in the first, what, 10, 15 minutes of that first match against, um, you know, the, the All Blacks, but before they're back trading a little bit, you've got Beal that, you know, just on the eve of the series goes down and have been lighting um, the house, 
down, which was playing so well for the Waratahs. Uh, you got Christian Leofana who then goes and, and and he's he's got to miss the whole build up for it, the only the week and a half that they had because he's on baby watch. There were a lot of disruptions. Um, this year, I think look. The, the confidence down, is, is right down. We saw that on the weekend, the anxiety. The last 20 minutes, they just had so many opportunities to, to win the game there. And, and for whatever reason, um, they, 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 they stuffed it up, every opportunity. Um, but the attacking clean-out is the thing that is just, you know, it's just killing Australian sides and the Wallabies. We saw on the weekend the amount of times they lose ball when they when they should be just retaining it, it should be a quick recycle, and and it's slowed. It's not necessarily Michael Hooper because we saw on the weekend when Hooper made that big bust, he was the man who made it, and there was no clean out with him. So you can't just put it down to the open side flanker not playing that traditional on baller role. Um, so there's lots of you know it's it's a point you raise. It's fair enough, but I think Checker is 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 brutally honest, and he inspires I think his players. Um, and look, we've got to give credit to what he's done with the with in the past with the Tars, um, with the Wallabies um, in 15. He he can, you know, it, it doesn't always happen in that first year. But I think in the second and, and third year, we saw it with the Tars when he first came in that they were, you know, one week pretty good, the next pretty poor. Um, I, I hope that was what we saw last year with the Wallabies, with a bit of a rebuilding, and then this year we can just slowly, you know, gradually build because it's not just going to, you know, by the click of the fingers change. There you go, just about seven or eight uh, things for Michael Checker to fix up and there'll be uh, Riders Rain. You know, Izzy Falau and Adam Coleman have been the, the big positives out of uh, these these two tests so far. Um, Adam, Adam Coleman looks like a real pillar of that tight five and a, and a world-class lot going forward and, and Izzy the finally using his abilities in the air and, and he seems to be happy with uh, apparently Maria Tutair, um popping across the, the Tasman a bit more and, um, and keeping him happy. So, yeah, they're uh, two positives. They're not, they're not many, but uh, Italy this weekend, surely they'll, they'll take care of business and, and post a, a comfortable win. The Italians haven't even bothered to, to send their top team uh, across. No Sergio Parisi. And I, I think the main point of intrigue for this game is whether they pull out any of their tricks a la England with, with the offside line. Um, that, that's what people are going to be watching for, I think, uh, Hamish. You'll, you'll be churning in feverishly, no doubt. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, uh, that probably wraps us up. We've taken enough of your precious time, Hamish. We'll let you get back to your, your Hurricanes articles. But uh, thanks very much for joining the Fox Rugby podcast. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in.